Welcome to the Foxes and Fowl podcast, season two. Foxes and Fowl is the campus ministry of the United Church of Canada at the University of British Columbia. We are committed to exploring the ways that God is at work in us and others for the healing and renewal of the world. We believe that God has called us to live in a particular way in this world, the way of Jesus. To help us do that, over the next several weeks, we're going to take a break from our usual pattern of longer interviews and dive into St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians together, one little step at a time. We hope you'll join us on the way. Hey there, welcome to the Foxes and Fowl podcast. I'm Aaron. As you heard in the introduction, over the past several weeks, we've been working our way through parts of St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And if this is your first time listening, you may want to go back to the first episode of this season called All Saints. Or maybe this is the word that God wants for you today. Either way, I'm glad you're with us. So over the past five episodes, we've been thinking about Paul's image of the whole armor of God from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. These are the tools that we have at our disposal to stand against the spiritual realities that are working against God's good will and purposes for our lives and for this world. And so far, we've considered the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace and the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. We are all dressed now for what's ahead. And today we take on the last piece of our armor the sword of the spirit, which is, Paul says, the word of God. And like the helmet of salvation, Paul says that we take this piece of armor. It's given as a gift, not snatched, not forced on us, but given to us for us to actively receive. And when we talk about the word of God, we're usually talking about scripture, this long and multi-voiced witness to the story of God with this world. The writer of Hebrews says the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. It's meant to penetrate and separate, to protect and sometimes attack. Though, I have to admit, I don't really like the image of Scripture as a weapon. I have had too many friends who've suffered violent use of Scripture. I know people who have been deeply wounded by someone's careless use of Scripture to deny their dignity, to dehumanize, to shame. I've known people to go out of their way to find ways to use scripture to create division, to set up rigid rules and boundaries, and to condemn those who are on the so-called wrong side of things. This can't be what Paul is talking about. Now, it's worth reminding ourselves that in this passage, Paul is talking specifically about spiritual battles and spiritual enemies. This sword is not meant to hack at our neighbors. It's meant to protect us from and to destroy the ways and means of evil and death. This sword protects us from condemnation, temptation, the accusations and lies that are the flaming arrows of the evil one, as Paul puts it. While there's all sorts of writing in the scriptures, there's stories, histories, poems, prayers, letters, ultimately and together these sacred texts tell us who and whose we are beloved creatures, children of our divine parent. And they tell us what we're meant to be about, love of God and love of neighbor. As with the shield of faith, I think it's instructive to look back at the story of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, particularly chapter 4 in both Matthew and Luke's Gospels. 
When Jesus needs a defense against the tempter, he turns to Scripture. It flows naturally from his lips because he's steeped in it. Jesus quoted Scripture all the time to make sense of his life and ministry, even of his death and resurrection. And when he's raised from the dead and he shows up to his terrified and despondent disciples, the first thing he does is open up their minds to understand the scriptures. Of course, in the temptation story, it's worth noting that the tempter can quote scripture too. (laughs) Just knowing scripture doesn't mean that we're living in line with it. Or that we're hearing these scriptures well. Just because someone has a sword doesn't mean they know what they're doing with it. That's part of the reason that we're meant to read and study, to discuss and debate the scriptures as a community. When what we know now is the Bible was written and compiled, nobody had their own copies that they could take into a corner and read by themselves. Hearing God's word was a communal event. It required the interpretation and discernment of multiple hearts and minds. It still does, even though it's easy to get our hands on our own copy. And since it requires a community to interpret it, Scripture also requires a community to live it out. We need good and faithful companions on the way. There's more to be said about this, of course. In the next episode, we're going to consider what it means to hear God's voice, God's word in prayer. But it's worth ending here with this fact. For Christians, the ultimate word of God is Jesus himself. The word that was with God and was God became flesh and moved in among us, St. John's Gospel tells us. The word through which all things were created moved into the neighborhood. Jesus is the way that God will ultimately defeat evil and death. His life is the life that protects ours. His is the love that sends the demons shuddering. And in the end, that should tell us that the point of Scripture, of God's word, is to make us more like Jesus, more in love with God and more able to love what God loves, this whole God-beloved world. So may it be so. Amen. Thanks to the Foxes and Fowl team and the Pacific Mountain Regional Council of the United Church of Canada for making this happen. Thanks to Davis Miller for the soundtrack. I hope you can join us next time. And until then, grace and peace.